Good morning. It's good to see you guys here today. If you have your Bibles, let's go to John chapter 1. We're in a series called Face to Face with Jesus. And you know what's interesting when you read the New Testament is that Jesus, when he comes face to face with various individuals, every single time he faces them, what he says and what he challenges them to do always, always changes their life. And I know that there are many in the room today that are facing various challenges, you're facing various problems and issues, and and when we we understand that Jesus wants us to get face-to-face with him, when we understand that he wants our attention on him, and when we, in fact, do that, no matter what we face in this life, when we face Jesus face-to-face, we can face anything. And last week we saw two people who were in desperation and despair and they didn't allow their circumstances to cause them to be inward focused or to lack faith. In fact, it was the exact opposite. Their faith led them to fall down at the feet of Jesus. If you haven't listened to that message, I encourage you to go online. Today I want us to talk about and challenge you to to really think about something that we all face. Every single one of us at some point in our life, we ask the question, what am I here for? We think about what are we gonna do with our life? What is God calling me to do? And even if you've been in the same job for the last 20, 30 plus years, you're asking uh, the same question, just a little bit different. You're asking, is what I'm doing making a difference? And every single one of us uh, need to face that question. We need to face and wrestle with what is God calling me to do? And everybody in here has a yes to give to God. Every single person in this room has a yes to give to Jesus. The question that I want to wrestle with today, what I want to challenge you with today is are you willing to actually give Jesus a yes? As Christians, we wanna know what God is calling us to do. We, we want to follow and trust what he is uh, asking us to do, but the question becomes, are we going to say yes when he calls? I believe that everybody has a yes to give God today. In fact, I believe that, that you can actually say yes to God today. You're calling today. No matter what you've done or experienced, no matter how many times you've told him no, no matter what you're wrestling with or struggling with today, every single one of us can say yes to God. Every single one of us can, can, can agree with what he's calling us to do and step into that faithfully today. Think about this, every single one of us say yes to hundreds of different things every single day. And every time we say yes to something, we're saying no to something else. I mean, think about it. When you say yes to working overtime, you're saying no to your family. When you say yes to over drinking, you're saying no to God's plan for your life. Every single one of us have a yes to give And every single one of us, when we say yes to something, we're saying no to something else. And so I think it's important that we take an inventory today of all the various yeses that we are giving in our life. 
Think about it. You're saying probably yes to social media on some level uh, as far as time. You're saying yes to watching TV or movies or Netflix. You're saying yes to, if you're younger, maybe video games. You're saying yes to what your boss wants you to do. You're saying yes to coaching Little League soccer or whatever for your kids. You're saying yes to, to being and having a busy schedule. You're saying yes to all of these different activities. And these aren't necessarily wrong things. However, we've got to realize that if we're saying yes to certain things, that could mean we're saying no to God things. And that's when we run into trouble. That's when we run into disobedience. That's when we lose the blessing of God. And so every single one of us, the question for you to wrestle with today is, are you willing to tell God yes? Are you willing to tell him yes? Well, in our scripture today, what we're gonna see and what we're gonna look at in first of all, in John chapter one is the, the call of Peter. And, and what's interesting about the call of Peter and what's interesting about us is we're gonna see these three areas. They're gonna be a, obviously different, but generally the principle is the same for you and I. And when Jesus invites him to give a yes, what's awesome about Peter is he actually says yes. And many of us in the room have been called by God to do various different things. We've all been called to do something by him, but we're afraid sometimes to say yes to him. We're afraid of what he might ask us to do. We're afraid maybe if we say yes to God, he might ask us to move to some foreign country and live in a mud hut, right? And that's scary. Are we sure we wanna say yes to that? Even worse, God might call you to be the sixth grade boys small group leader. Go, go to the mud hut every time. <laughs> Just kidding, sixth graders, we love you, I love you. But seriously, God's gonna call us to do something and oftentimes we're afraid. We're afraid to say yes. We're afraid of failing. We're afraid of looking bad. We're afraid of what people are gonna say. This fear leads us to confine ourselves into our small little comfort zones. And our comfort zones are so cozy and warm, right? They're pleasant. We don't get uncomfortable. We don't have to do things that are uncomfortable when we're in our comfort zones. In our minds, our comfort zone is a really safe place to live. But when you think about it, is it really safe? What if your comfort zone is preventing God's blessing in your life? What if your comfort zone is preventing you from meeting your future spouse? What if, even worse, your comfort zone is preventing you from doing the very thing that Jesus saved you to do? Today, I wanna invite you to face something very important, and that is your calling. You see, every single one of us has a calling today. And we're gonna look at the three calls that Jesus gives to Peter and apply those to our lives and, and do some inventory today. And my prayer is that you would say yes to following Jesus, that you would say yes to your calling and that you would do what God is asking and calling you to do today. First of all, let's jump into John chapter one. We'll begin in verse 35. It says, the next day, again, John was standing with two of his disciples. This John, a lot of Johns in the Bible, this John is John uh, the Baptist, and the two disciples are Andrew and the Apostle John. Verse 36, 
He looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, what are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, come and you will see. So they came and they saw where he was staying and they stayed with him that day for it was about the 10th hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, the son of John. Excuse me. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. Now, what's happening in this initial call is that that Andrew is following Jesus. He goes to get his brother uh, and he invites him to follow and, and, and pursue Jesus as well. And so what ultimately is happening here is that Jesus, or that Peter is saying yes to following Jesus. This is his salvation moment. This is the moment that he realizes that Jesus is the son of God. He realizes that he can can commit his life to him and receive salvation. This is his life to death moment. And it starts with Andrew. Andrew is, is a guy who is seeking God. He's seeking righteousness. And so he's, he's following the teaching of John the Baptist. And John is in the desert and he's preaching uh, repentance and he's preaching that the Messiah is gonna come. And so he's under this teaching. And then one day, the man that he is under says, there's the Messiah. And so he leaves John the Baptist and he begins to follow Jesus as Messiah, as the Christ. And he he follows him. That was his moment of salvation when he decided to follow Jesus. Immediately then, the text leads us to believe that after spending the day with Jesus, the next day, he goes to his brother Simon and he says, Simon, you have got to come and see this man named Jesus. He is the Messiah. And so in that moment, uh, uh, Simon decides to go follow and he decides to go check it out. And when he does, he in fact is believing that Jesus is the son of God. He is believing that he is the Messiah. I love this because it reminds me of the different ways that we come to know Jesus. Some of you maybe heard a sermon, you heard a message about the gospel, about who Jesus is, and at the end of that message, you stood up, you raised the hand, you prayed, and you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Some of you had an invitation from a brother or a friend, and, and, and maybe they said, hey, let's, let's go to a Bible study, or let's go to a small group, or, or, or maybe they invited you to come to church, and then you heard the message of the gospel. Maybe they just shared the gospel with you. Maybe they shared their story with you, and I love it because it just shows that God uses all kinds of different ways to draw us to himself. And I love that about this story. And it reminds me that we as followers of Christ should be excited about talking about Jesus. We should be excited about inviting people to church. We shouldn't be embarrassed to talk about our faith. We shouldn't be embarrassed to share our story. We, we should be excited about inviting people to come and experience our small group or our, a ministry that we're serving in. Why? Well, because we know Jesus and we know the life 
life-transforming power that he offers. And that leads us to want to share that with other people. We should talk about it on social media. We should talk about it with our friends. And I don't know where, when it began in America, but at some point, and probably all Christians around the world maybe deal with this, but especially in America, we deal with this idea that we believe we need to know more before we actually talk about our faith. I need to grow and know more about it. The problem with more is that it's so objective, uh, subjective. It, it, it's like, how do you quantify when you know enough to be able to then share your faith or to talk about your faith? Andrew didn't wait for more. He didn't know why good things or, or bad things happen to good people. He didn't know the problem of evil or how to solve that issue. All he did was he shared what he did know, which was, Simon, you gotta come check out this guy named Jesus. I believe he's the Messiah. And that was that simple. You see, sometimes more becomes an excuse. An excuse that we lean on for many years in our life. And that excuse allows us to kind of get rid of some of the guilt of, of keeping the gospel message to ourselves and not putting ourselves out there as a follower of Jesus or talking about our faith or inviting people to come to church. And what you've got to realize is that every single one of us is a missionary. You know, we grew up in, in, in these environments where we envision missionaries being these people that went overseas somewhere, but that's not a biblical concept. You, if you have given your life to Jesus, you are a missionary and you wake up every single day in your first mission field, your family, your house. And then most likely you go to your second mission field, which is your work environment or perhaps your school campus. And then we are in other environments of our life. And when we begin to understand the call that Jesus has given to us, we begin to understand that this calling would lead us to walk out into this world with the message of the gospel in our life. And we'd be willing to invite, we've been willing to invest into others what we do know, and we stop worrying about what we don't know. I love what Jesus does when this moment happens um, for Simon. He, he changes his name and he says, you know, we're not gonna call you Simon, we're gonna call you Peter, which when translated means the rock. And I love this because he, he has this moment where he has this incredible, you know, change in his life. He's putting his faith in Jesus and then he's, he's getting a, a new name. And in the Bible, oftentimes God changes uh, people's names when a significant event uh, happens in their life, something life altering. And so for the man Abram, God changes his name to Abraham. And for Sarai, her name is changed to Sarah. The man Jacob, his name was changed to Israel. Right? And, and we know people who have done this in life as well. Michael King was so moved by the work of the great German reformer Martin Luther that he came back from Germany and he changed his name to Martin Luther King. And even his son's name was changed to Martin Luther King Jr. We know that Mark Sinclair changed his name to Vin Diesel. <laughs> Probably because it's just way cooler. 
Karen Johnson changed her name to Whoopi Goldberg. I don't know. You can do research on that. Evidently, she was fond of Whoopi cushions. Joaquin Bottom changed his name to Joaquin Phoenix for obvious reasons. <laughs> so it's not unusual for this to happen, right? For, for famous people, they want a, a cooler name or a different name, an eye-catching name. And in similar ways, uh, God changes names for a significant purpose. And so Simon is, is now getting a new name, and his name means the rock, way before Dwayne Johnson, right? He was the rock. And what's interesting is that Peter was anything but a rock. I mean, he was irresponsible, he was volatile, and he was way, way unreliable. But here's what I love about Jesus. Jesus doesn't save you because of who you are. He saves you for who he wants you to become. And that's good news for everybody in here. Because we all have a past and we all have issues that we continue to deal with. But Jesus doesn't save you. He doesn't call you because you're a great person. No, you're a sinner before Christ comes into your life. You're you're broken. However, he knows who you're going to become. And he knew that Peter would one day step in as the leader of the church, the, 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 the pastor of the church, and do incredible things for the kingdom of God. But he didn't understand that in that moment. I understand there's a lot of people in the room that would probably you know, argue that you're not who you had hoped you were gonna become. You, you thought you were gonna achieve you know, X, Y, and Z. You didn't, you didn't envision life looking the way that it looks today. But here's the good news. God wasn't surprised by anything that happened to you. Jesus knew everything that was gonna go down and he still called you and he still loves you and he still has a plan for you. And he's gonna use all of those events to lead you to become somebody that you never dreamed you could become. But it all starts with that first yes. That yes that says, yes, I will follow you. Yes, I will give my life to you. And then that begins the journey of understanding your purpose and understanding that that is a process. It doesn't just happen overnight. You say yes to Jesus and boom, you know, you become the rock. No, Peter had a lot of mistakes to make. He had several years that took place. He had to learn and grow. He had a lot of things that needed to happen, but he did what some of you have not done, and that is to recognize Jesus as the Son of God and say yes to following him. You see, for all of us, God is calling us to something greater. And this greater has everything to do with our ultimate purpose, which is to glorify God and make disciples. And that's exactly where he begins to transition in Matthew chapter four, another story of of Peter's second calling. In verse 18 of chapter four, It says, while walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and they followed him. Now, it's it's really important that you allow scripture to interpret scripture. And you realize that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are 
are, are, are four different guys that, that are telling the same story, but they, they're eyewitnesses and they're, they're seeing it from different perspectives. And so every single story in the Gospels all tells one story. And when you first read this, you might think, this is bizarre. Like these guys are fishing, living their lives. And some random guy walks up, almost like Luke Skywalker with some Jedi mind trick and says, you will follow me. Right? And they drop their nets and in some kind of trance, they follow him like zombies. No, they knew Jesus. They did. John already told us that story. We don't know how much time, how many weeks had passed, but they had already recognized Jesus as the Messiah and, and they were going back to their jobs. They were, that was their vocation, right? They're living their life as, as, as a follower of Jesus. And then Jesus comes up to them on this day and he does something extremely powerful. He invites them to experience their calling. And so what does Peter say yes to? He says yes to his calling. If you're a follower of Jesus today, God has a call on your life. Every single one of us is called. Every single Christian who knows Jesus as their Lord and Savior has a call. And here's the thing, we're all asking that question. What's God calling me to do? College students, what's God calling me to do with my life? What am I gonna do? What job am I gonna have? Young adults, Maybe middle-aged guys, you've got a job and you're wondering, is this what God called me to do? Should I change? Should I do something different? What does God want me to do? What is God really calling and asking me to do? Jesus is calling Peter here to become a fisher of men, right? And they're dropping their nets and they're following him and they are giving their life in service of Jesus. Now, this is very interesting. We, we ask, well, how do you kind of flesh this fisher of men thing out? Well, in other parts of the Bible, Jesus explains it further. And that's what's great about the, his journey is he didn't have all the answers of what that meant, but he said yes, he was willing. In Matthew 28, verse 18, this is the great calling or the great commission. Before Jesus ascends into heaven, he says, this is my one final thought, guys. If you've forgotten everything else I've told you, Remember to do this. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus is saying, I have all authority. All authority over heaven and hell. I have all authority over life, blessing. I have all authority over creation. I have all authority of every Thing in the universe. I lived a sinless life. I died on the cross for your sins. I rose from the grave. I have all authority. Therefore, we need to listen to what he says and what he's calling us to do. And what he's calling us to do is to go and make disciples, baptizing and teaching everything that he's commanded us. And yes, by the way, he is with us always. You see, this is a powerful statement. This is the great calling and commission that every single believer is called to. This isn't just for pastors. It's not just for people who have been Christians for 20 years. It's for everyone who says yes to following Jesus. Elsewhere, Jesus is asked one day, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus responds, to love the Lord your God with all of your heart and to love your neighbor as yourself. And so if you want to know the big picture calling that every single person in the room who is a follower of Jesus or watching online has, it is to love God, love others, 
and make disciples. And the great part of that is that you don't do this alone, no. What he's done and what he is doing is he is drawing people into groups like this called churches. And in churches, we are partnering together for the mission of learning and growing and doing, loving God, loving others, and making disciples. This is your calling. Now let's, let's walk through that statement. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So when he says, I will follow me, and when you say, I am going to follow Jesus, what you're signing up for, what you're saying is you're believing that he's the son of God, you're giving him your life, and you are beginning to grow and you're beginning to learn what it means to follow him. You are putting Christ at the center of your life. You don't know everything. We never do. But in that initial stage, we're determining that we are going to now follow Jesus in word, deed, and action. And we are committing our life to determining and figuring out what else he's calling us to do. He doesn't just save us to go to heaven. He saves us for a purpose and a reason. And so determining what that is is part of the journey and the joy of a relationship with God. The second thing he says is, I will make you. And so when you're following Jesus, what he is saying is that I'm gonna change you. And that's tough for us because we, we're not so sure we wanna change. We like our bad habits and bad attitudes and it feels good to get angry and yell at people and scream and fuss and fight. That kind of makes me feel good. I'm t I feel terrible after the fact, but initially, it, you know, I wanna, I wanna get back. I wanna hurt. I don't wanna forgive. I wanna hurt. I'm gonna bring pain. I don't wanna receive pain. And Jesus says, no, 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 that's not the way to peace and joy and, and, and a fulfilling life. And so he begins to make you. He begins to change how you respond. You know, when you initially were saved before your, your salvation, all you cared about was money. And all you wanted to do was make money and buy stuff. And then you came to know Christ and you began to learn that, well, money doesn't bring happiness or joy. And so there's gotta be something else. When you, you know, became a Christian, your marriage began to change. Before Christ, you fought against each other. Now that Christ is in the middle and he is making you, he is changing you, now you fight for each other. So many of us before Christ didn't care about Afghanistan and refugees, but now that we know Christ, our heart breaks for those who are suffering. Many of them who are fellow believers in Christ being persecuted. And so, yes, we care. Yes, we pray. Yes, our hearts go out. And yes, we hold our leaders accountable. That is how God begins to change our hearts. So your attitude is changing your actions are changing. And then he says, ultimately, I am changing and making you into a fisher of men. And so what that means for us is that ultimately what he wants us to become is someone who is living on mission with God. Someone who cares about his mission, living on mission, serving in his mission. And so that big picture calling, right? to love God, love people, and make disciples. You and I are partnering with other believers to do that better, to do that more, to see other people hear the gospel and other people following the teachings of Jesus, getting baptized and growing, and then they themselves actually going out and doing the same thing. This is the call of every single Christian. Some of you are saying no to that call today. 
I don't know what you're waiting on. I don't know what you're afraid of. I don't know if you just didn't know that. Maybe you've never been to church, you've not dove into church, or maybe nobody has actually explained it like this. But if you are saying no to the call to love God, love people, make disciples, you do not know what it means to be a Christian. Well, here's the good news. God didn't save you because you knew everything. (laughs) He saved you because of who he wants you to become. And so this was the second yes that Peter gives. The third yes, I wanna look at Mark chapter three in verses 13 and 16, because then the question then becomes, okay, I'm tracking with you. I see that's part of, of what I should do, but like, what do I do? What's next? Well, here's what happened next for Peter. In Mark chapter three, it says, and when he went up on the mountain and he called to him those whom he desired and they came to him. So, so, I mean, let's notice a few things. Jesus is calling some. Now, he didn't call everybody to become an apostle at this point. He's calling some, right, to himself, those he desired, and they came to him. They responded, they said yes. And he appointed 12, whom he also named apostles, so that they might be with Jesus, in relationship with Jesus, for the purpose of then Jesus sending them out to do what? to preach and have authority to cast out demons. And he appointed the 12 and who's the first guy? Simon, to whom he gave the name, the rock. You see, in this moment, Peter said yes to his assignment. This is more specific to you. This was his specific assignment. God's not gonna call you to become an apostle today. Uh, that, that season in the life of the church is over. The, the, that, that office does not exist anymore. However, Jesus is calling you to a specific assignment. And so part of the journey of following Jesus is learning and discovering what that assignment is. Now, one thing about assignments is that they are temporary. For instance, I am the temporary lead pastor at Foothills Church. I hope that I am here until I die. I hope I am here until I'm 100 plus years old and you guys gotta, you know, just say, Trent, bro, you you can't even brush your own teeth. It's time to leave. (laughs) But I am aware that I am the interim pastor here at Foothills Church. This is my current assignment. Whatever your job is, whatever your your specific assignment is today is is limited. It's not gonna last forever. Somebody's gonna take your job. You're gonna get another job. You're gonna get another assignment. Somebody's going to replace you at some point. It's helpful for us to remember that that day is gonna come. But the assignment is this temporary calling based on our giftedness and based on the future yeses that we've given to Jesus. So that the, the, the Lord here is, is not giving an assignment to the man unless he has first said yes to following Jesus, and then secondly, he has said yes to the mission of Jesus. You don't start following Jesus and then boom, figure out what you're supposed to do with your life. That's what we want. It doesn't work that way. You've gotta be faithful in the little things. You've gotta take that first step. For me, um, it was saying yes to full-time ministry. It took me a while. It just so happened that when I said 
yes to ministry. My dad, who was a pastor, needed a youth pastor. He needed a student pastor. So I thought God and, 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 and the stars were aligning. The timing was impeccable. You need a student pastor and I'm your man, dad. And he told me, no. <laughs> I love you, Trent, but you're not ready. Broke my little heart and you know I was mad and upset and angry, but he was right. You don't get that step until you've been faithful in the little things. He said, Trent, you're not ready to be a student pastor, but I do have an opening to be a janitor. <laughs> so would you like to clean toilets and vacuum? And I had never cleaned a toilet, I had never vacuumed because my mother was a saint that did all of that. And I said, yes. And so I learned and it wasn't great. But then because of that, yes, I got the next opportunity, which was to be an intern. And I said yes to that. And then after that, I said yes to something I was afraid of, seminary. And I, I said yes to that, and God gave me a, a better internship. And then as I said yes in seminary, eventually he gave me the next step, which was to lead a, a smaller church. And then from there, I finally got that dream job that I had so loved, which was to be the student pastor under my father, which was great. I served there for seven years. And then I said yes to another very scary thing, which was to start a church and Man, if you would have shown me this church and this stage and, and all of these amazing people and all the cool things that I'm doing today, way back in college, I would have cleaned my act up a lot sooner. <laughs> things would have been a lot, a lot different, but God doesn't give us, he, he doesn't give us that, that clear I, I, idea. He gives us a dream, he gives us the vision, perhaps, but there's so many dots that still need to be connected. And so some of you are missing the reality of your assignment in your life. You're missing this assignment and you're, you're, you're missing the call that God has given you today. We all have a yes to give to Jesus today. And the question is, are you willing to say yes? I don't always get to draw my sermons out on a board. So this week I had the idea and I thought, man, this is, this is my chance. Because some of you are visual and I thought this, this is what, what we, we can perhaps, uh, what might perhaps help you. And so the first thing that we've talked about today is the call to follow Jesus, right? Follow me, right? And you have a choice to make, right? You can say, yes, and you can choose to follow him or you can say no. And for some of you, that's in fact been your answer. At the very first call to follow Jesus, your answer was no. And as a result of that answer, that has led to brokenness in your life. Broken relationships, broken hearts, broken dreams. There's just a brokenness in your life, right? And you've experienced that. As a result, another thing that happens is that we begin to feel hopeless. You get your heart broken, you experiencing brokenness long enough, you live your life without Jesus in your heart, you're going to experience hopelessness. Nothing is gonna change. Nothing is going to help me. 
There's no point to this life. Why do we have all these kids, right? All of these questions lead to this feeling of hopelessness, but that's not all. Another feeling that we get is just simply this feeling of emptiness. We just feel empty. And for some of you, this is where you're at. You've said no to following Jesus, and this is the result, brokenness, hopelessness, emptiness. However, you can say yes to Jesus. And when you say yes to Jesus, the next yes he wants you to make is the yes to your calling. This is the general call, love God, love people, make disciples. We all have this call. And so when we accept this call, we join churches, we join ministries, we learn how to share our faith, we grow in our our knowledge of the word of God, we then allow the spirit of God to begin to change our behavior, how we talk to people, how we act, how we spend our time, how we spend our money. All of these areas of our life begin to, to be changed, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, but the progression is what we're looking for, right? As long as this trajectory is moving in the upward direction of becoming more like Jesus, this is what we're signing up for when we accept our calling. And so we can say yes to that calling, but we can also say what? We can say no. And when we say no, there are a few things that begin to happen. When we say no, it's very easy to fall into legalism. When you fall into legalism, what you're doing is that you're becoming more and more concerned about the rules and the regulations of God's commands instead of the relationship. And it's much easier to check boxes when you're in legalism than it is to actually allow the Spirit to change you relationally with other people. And that's where we struggle. There's a lot of legalism in churches all over the world. People are more concerned about all of these rules and if you don't follow these rules, you're out of here and you don't dress right or look right or say the right thing and there's no grace. There's only this truth of this hard line of what it needs to be and when it doesn't meet our needs or what we think is right, then blah, blah, blah and shame and guilt and who wants to be a part of that? Well, not many people. That's why so many churches are, are dying today and so we, we get that when that happens, you know, there's, there's the legalism that happens, but then there's also this, this idea of becoming very selfish. When you're not on mission with God, when you're not concerned and outward focused about those who are far from the Lord, you become very selfish. You care about, well, where's my seat? And what are they gonna do for me? Why anybody call me? Why anybody do this for me? And it's so inward focused that we're not living in the trajectory that God has called us to live, which is others focused, which is how can we be a part of something where we're seeing life change happen in other people? And we get the attention off of us and we get the attention onto our calling. Love God, love people, make disciples. And so we see selfishness, but then we also know that that leads to frustration. I know a lot of Christians who are frustrated. 
They're frustrated with life. They're frustrated with their marriage. They're frustrated with their job. They're frustrated with their church. They're frustrated with the country. They're frustrated with all the stuff that is happening. How do you, how do you begin to move frustration? Well, it, it, it's, it seems uh, oversimplified, but when we are saying yes to our calling to love God, love people, and we are saying yes to making disciples, then that begins to move us from our calling then to our what? Assignment, thank you. So when you are actually saying yes to your calling, then you can say yes to the assignment. Now, this is your specific design. So we use the word design as an acronym in our journey process, and so this is your desires what you're passionate about, what what you've experienced. You've gone through stuff and God allowed you to go through stuff so that you could use that to bless other people. And we talk about spiritual gifts and individual style or your personality, natural giftedness. All of these things make up you. All of these things God uses to give you that assignment, that temporary assignment. Now, you can say yes to that, right? Or you can say again, No, it's becoming squeakier as I move. (laughs) So you can say no. Well, what happens when you say no to your assignment? Well, it it leads to one thing that a lot of people are experiencing today, which is burnout. You see, when you're not following your assignment, when you're not the man and the woman that God has designed you to be, you're gonna start chasing after the wind. You're gonna start chasing after success and money, AAU sports and kids' involvements and this and that, and before too long, you're so busy running and chasing all of these things with no real margin in your life and no real purpose in your life that eventually, unfortunately, you just burn out. And people burn out in church all the time. They get tired of this, they get tired of that. Why? Well, because they're serving out of the wrong motives and, and they're serving not in their giftedness, in their assignment. And so burnout happens all the time. In churches, burnout happens all the time when we're not uh, fulfilling our assignment. And when that happens, sometimes then that's gonna lead to regret. Because when you don't fulfill your purpose and you're not fulfilling your assignment, you're going to chase all of these things and that's gonna lead to regret. Man, I wish I would've done more of that. I wish we would've took our kids to church. I wish we would've spent more time talking about God. I wish I would've used my platform at work to talk about my faith. I wish I would've, I wish I would've had the boldness to invite somebody to church. Now there's a, a ton of regrets. You're, you're burnout, you're filled with regret, and ultimately that's just gonna lead to this unfulfilled life. You've got this unfulfilled life, you've got this unfulfilled job, you've got this unfulfilled mentality of what it even means to follow and, and trust Jesus. And so some of you are here, you, you've been saying no. I don't know which section you've been saying no to. Maybe it's to following Jesus and you're experiencing this. Maybe you're saying no to your calling and so you're, you're experiencing this. Or maybe you've been saying no to your assignment and so you're experiencing some of this. 
Here's what's great. When you say yes, this third yes is gonna bring now all kinds of great things. Now God is gonna give you a ministry, right? Now you understand family, right? Now you can even throw hobbies in there because they have purpose now, right? You've got, you've got ministry, you've got family, you've got hobbies. You, you, you've actually then, don't forget about this, you've got your vocation. So, so now you've been called to be a teacher, a business owner, whatever, lawyer, whatever it is. Now, when I am living in and through my calling and assignment and design, now work isn't just this thing that stinks and I have to do it and ugh, I hate it. Now I look at it as a mission field. Now my vocation makes sense. It's it's, it's an assignment, it's temporary. You're gonna get another job someday or you'll retire someday. But while you're there, if you'll use your design, the way that God has gifted you to say yes to that and then to, to lead you to be a man of integrity, be a woman of integrity, be, be a man of character, treat people well, talk about your faith, pray with people, love people well. Now all of a sudden, your work environment just transformed to this daily grind to all of a sudden there's purpose. You know, you look at your hobbies, man, you love to do stuff. Great, do stuff and have other people. It's a great thing to do. But in that, if you're living on assignment with God, now your hobbies have purpose and you actually get more joy out of them. Now my family has purpose. Now I'm, I'm stepping into what it means to be a man of God, what it means to be a leader spiritually of my family. And, 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 and for the ladies, a, a woman of God and what that looks like and how to care for my kids and, and my husband and what that looks like and, 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 and what God has designed me and, and, and given to me to fulfill. Not all of it makes sense. And the greatest thing about it is when you do these things, when all of this stuff begins to flow through your assignment, now all of a sudden you get this amazing thing. You didn't even know it was happening. Right? You get this spiritual legacy, which for me, it's the ultimate the ultimate. When you can leave your job, when your kids can leave your family and go have their own family, but they have what you've been investing into them for years, you have the greatest gift that Jesus could ever give to you. It's far greater than leaving an inheritance. It's far greater than, than you know, having an, an organization or business a certain size. Like this is the ultimate. But to get to this, you gotta back up here and start saying yes to Jesus. I think some of you have been saying no. Some of you have been taking all of these things and maybe just ignoring them for whatever reasons. And maybe today is the day that you would finally say yes to following Jesus. Some of you, you're trying to figure out your assignment and that's great. Like, like how, what do you do? How do you, how do you do that? Well, you've gotta, you've gotta say yes to that calling. So get involved in a ministry, start serving, start using your giftedness. And it's out of the, the, the ministry that you dial in on that design, that specific call. 
Some of you are there, you're serving and, 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 and maybe your next yes is like, okay, now I wanna take maybe camp two or, 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 or now I need to you know, take that next step that gets me out of my comfort zone. And you probably have already kind of been sensing what some of that might be. It might be full-time ministry, vocational ministry, and, and you've just been saying no. Maybe, here's an idea, maybe for the next six months, for a season, maybe the next you know, 12 months, you would say, you know what? We'll help this Beard and Location initiative and, and we will go and we will be a part of this team and we'll, we'll, we'll go there for the next, till Christmas. We'll go there until you know, next summer just to help be a presence there, be people there, be encouraging there. And that might be our next assignment as a family, as a couple, as a single person. If that's you, man, I would love for you to stick around after the service and, and just hang tight for about five minutes. We don't wanna ask you to sign anything or commit to anything, but maybe, maybe that's something that God's been stirring in you. And maybe you would, you would stick around and just kind of listen to a little bit of what God is doing in Bearden and, uh, and then get a little more information and then you can make your decision. But I've been praying that God would, that God would call at least 20 people today to, 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 to take that step. And so if that's you, I encourage you to stick around. Whatever it is, let's say yes to Jesus today. Let me ask you to bow your heads. Maybe your yes is to follow Jesus. Maybe right now in your seat, you might just say yes to following him. Would you say, Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And today I'm giving you my life. If you say yes to following Jesus today, believe that he would save you and begin this journey and process. How many of you would say, man, I'm already a believer, but like hearing you talk, I can admit today and not like, you know, just not, not like a sign to me, but just a sign to God. You would just say, God, I'm, I recognize that I've been saying no to you in some area. How many of you would just kind of slip up your hand and put it back down and just say, that's me. I've been saying, God, no in some area, yeah, just slip it up, put it down. Just to God, you're, you're, just, you're telling him today. No one else, you're telling him, I, I, I recognize it. It's time to say yes. It's time to say yes. Life is too short. Lord Jesus, whatever you're calling and asking us to do in this room and online today, may we have the faithfulness to say yes and to fulfill the calling and desires and design that you have given to each of us. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Foothills Church. If you made a decision to follow Christ while listening today, or if you have some more questions about what that looks like, then let us know. You can text FC Decision to 97000, or you can head over to foothillschurch.com slash decision. We hope you have a great week.